If this is your first time here at City Church, I just want to say welcome. My name is Amber. My husband, Matt, and I are the pastors here. I did not practice this part because I spent so long practicing the other part, so let's hope I get this right. It is time to welcome you. So if you're new, you can have the opportunity right now to text text the word guest to the number up on the screen, and that's a way for us to get connected with you and for you to get a little bit more information about our church and who we are. And if this is your home church, right now is the opportunity for you to give for your tithes and offerings. And that keyword is going to be give. And we text it to the same number because we're fancy like that around here. We got technology. Uh, We just have a a couple quick announcements. The first one is, who likes to give their opinion? Raise your hand if you like to give your opinion. Come on. I know there should be at least 50 more hands up because I've heard all your opinions. Oh, sorry. Um, This is the opportunity for you guys to tell us what we're doing around here. This is the church survey. We're only going to run it for a few more weeks. I know that some of you have already taken it. And for those of you that have taken the time to fill that out, thank you. We really appreciate it. We're trying to take this opportunity to make sure that we're on track, right? That we're doing the things we need to do. We're in line with what God is calling us to do. And you guys are a part of this church. It is all about everybody in this building. So we want you to have the opportunity to give us your feedback, your input, ask some questions, tell us how we're doing by taking that church survey. And then if you are new or you've been sticking around for a few weeks, um, we have the opportunity for you to get fully plugged in around here. And that is with the Connect class, which is coming up on Sunday, November 7th. We're going to have a Connect class right after service that morning. And this is an opportunity for you to really get to know a little bit more about City Church, listen to what the leadership vision is for the church, um, find a place to plug in, really get connected. And there's free lunch, so what more could you possibly want? If you want to register for that, text CONNECT to that same phone number that we use all morning long. All right, and with that, I'm going to welcome my handsome husband to the stage, Pastor Matt. She called me handsome. I'll take that. Absolutely. I'll take that. Welcome, guys. Glad you're here at church. I uh, want to take just a, a quick moment and um, recognize that uh, we have uh, Jeff Mueller um, back here this morning. Yeah. For many of you, some of you that may not know, Jeff um, had battled COVID and a, and, a, and a host of medical conditions along with that. And our church has been praying um, nonstop um, for you. And so to see you here is, um, we know you're out of the hospital and back home, and to see you here, we're just excited to have you here this morning. And, uh, you know, it's a testimony to God's miracle um, working in your body. So we are just so grateful to have you back here um, on a Sunday visiting. So thank you for making the trek. I know that you're still in the recovery mode, but thank you for making the trek to come and, and be here certainly encouraging for our faith. Hopefully it is for yours as well. Before I get started, you all know I have dad jokes all the time. Can't help myself. And I've been picking on the Cowboys for so long, but when you really get down to it, I'm a Broncos fan. And, and as a Broncos fan, I, at some point, I just have to face the music. And so, you know, um, yeah, you know, what's the difference between the Denver Broncos and a dollar bill? You can still get four quarters out of a dollar bill. Yeah, that's all right. I know, I know. Yes, I know. I, uh, everybody who's a Cowboys fan is like, thank you. 
<laughs> oh. Well, let's see. Uh, actually, I got, I got one more just because you laughed so heartily at, as the, the, <laughs> with, the, with the, the Cowboys jersey. All right, so I got, I got one more for you. In, in a pandemic, where is the safest place to be? The Broncos end zone. You can't catch anything there. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's right, yeah. Sad but true, I watched the game this week. True story, true story. Oh, man. All right. So um, the, this morning, last week we wrapped up a series, and, um, and we're at a, what we call a gap week. I don't have a series for you. I just have one message, um, kind of a standalone that's not in a series this morning. And, um, and I was really, like, praying this week, and, uh, and, and this comes from, uh, every once in a while, a preacher's got to preach his sermon to himself. Can I, you know what I'm saying? Hey, man, you got to get to preach a sermon to yourself. And, and, the, and this week, I've had one of those crazy weeks, and so I'm preaching to me, and, and you guys are just just on for the ride this week. Does that sound good? That sounds good. So you can amen if you want to amen, and that's no admission of guilt to you. You're just like, yeah, preacher, fix yourself, you know? Like, that's right. You can jump in as hard as you want to, and, and it's just fine, you know? And so I just want to tell you that, that sometimes um, when God has a promise over your life, it takes a little bit of persistence to, to continue following the promise that he's laid out for you. You know, like sometimes you hear a promise of God on your life and you know that God's promised something. You can read it in his word or he's told you and you know that God has given you something to hang on to. But then you look at your circumstances and they don't look the same. You're like, but the, what's going on around me doesn't match what I know that God has spoken to me. Anybody else ever lived in that situation? Yeah, we got hands up, right? You guys are like, yeah. <laughs> and I don't know about you, but, but I had one of those weeks where it was like, I'm living that week. God, you promised this, and that my reality doesn't match my circumstances. And so what do you do in these situations? What do you do in these situations? Sometimes we just want to quit. Sometimes we just want to throw in the towel. Sometimes we just say, well, I'm just going to give up on the promise that I thought that I heard. Maybe I just heard wrong. Or, or sometimes the process gets so painful that it blocks your path to your purpose. Whoa, all peas. I'm a, I'm a real preacher. Three f- <laughs> so it reminds me of a story. A story of a, a man that had gold fever. Remember the gold rush? I wasn't around. Maybe some of you were. The gold rush back in the 1800s. <laughs> And, uh, and so there's all these guys are traveling west to be able to get in on the gold rush. So this man, he decides, I'm going to get in on the gold rush. And so he heads out west, and he's investigating, he's looking. He actually is out digging around, and he finds a vein of gold ore in the mountains. So he stakes his claim. He goes back east to his family and friends and, and his business partners, and he says, I found some gold. I need some investors to buy the equipment to be able to take care of it, to go for it. So the investors invest. He comes out, buys a bunch of equipment, and he starts digging a mine and following this vein of gold ore. And as he's mining it out, it's very successful. It's a good operation. Employees are all getting paid well. Everything is going just fine. They're paying off the the equipment as they go. And just about the time they pay off the equipment and the investors and and their operation is at a break-even point. And he's so excited because from here on out, there's going to be some profit in the mix. But right about that time, he pays everybody off. The gold ore vein that he's chasing dries up. There's no more gold. And he keeps digging and digging And he's frustrated, but they're digging and digging, and they're looking and they're digging and they're looking, and they can't find it, and they can't find it, and they can't find it. After some amount of time, he he eventually gives up, and he says, well, it was a good run. At least I didn't lose money. We broke even on the end of it, and all I have left is this equipment. So he decides to sell the mine and the equipment 
off to a junk dealer. It was for pennies on the dollar. But, but he, he was able to take that money and count that as profit and move on with his life. Well, the junk dealer's not much of a miner, but he thought, I'm going to go out here and see. I just bought all this stuff. He goes out to the mine. He starts taking a whack at it. Three feet later, he finds another vein of gold ore and made him an incredibly wealthy man because he found a huge deposit of gold in the same mountain, in the same mountain. Don't give up too quickly. Sometimes your promise is on the other side of an obstacle that we get discouraged by, that we get discouraged by. Have you ever quit on something too early? Ever quit on something too early? I would say that all over this room, whether you're here in person or you're even watching on the internet, I want to say all over the world there are people with promises over their life that have not been realized. People have promises over their life that have not been realized. You have a purpose that God has given you and has not yet been fulfilled. Don't quit too early because the pain of the process will discourage you sometimes. And the pain of the process will sometimes derail you. The pain of the process will sometimes cause you to throw in the towel and quit right before you get to the promise that God has given to you. Today we're going to be in the book of Joshua chapter 6. In the book of Joshua chapter 6. It's a very famous story. It's about the walls of Jericho. It's about the walls of Jericho. And, and for those of you who, who do not know, the Israelites were slaves in Egypt and they were making the way across the desert to the promised land. They finally get into the promised land and the first city they stumble across is Jericho. Now the promised land was the land that God had promised them. And when you show up and it's already occupied by other people who think it's their land, guess what? There's going to be a little bit of a conflict. There's going to be a little bit of a struggle. And so they come, across, come upon Jericho. So here we are in Joshua chapter 6, verse 1. Now Jericho was shut up inside and outside because of the people of Israel. None went out and none came in. And the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given Jericho into your hand with its king and mighty men of valor. See, God says, See, look, I've given it to your hand. Now, I don't know. I wasn't there. But imagine from Joshua's perspective, it probably didn't look like it was like a freebie. Joshua's there looking at walls that are shut up with mighty men of valor inside who are fortified and they're ready to be in a holdout situation. They're ready for a fight. God's saying, see, I've already given it to you. Listen, God's already given you your promise. Do you see it from his perspective or are you seeing it from your perspective? Sometimes we walk up on the promises of God and even though God is talking past tense about your future promise... Isn't that, I mean, it just always struck me funny. See, I've already given it to you. You have? The king and mighty men. You see, Jericho had a reputation. Jericho had a The king and his mighty men. Jericho had a reputation in that area. It was the, one of the most fortified cities in the, in the land. Had the tallest, best walls. It had mighty men. If you go do all the research, you see that, that they had a reputation of having mighty warriors and a fortified city that was maybe considered impenetrable. I always think of the VeggieTales version of this. <laughs> if you've ever experienced there's a children's video series, and anyhow, I heard insults in your general direction, I think is what they say. City was viewed by the regions having the best walls and the best fighters. Okay, verse number three. You shall march around the city. This is God talking to Joshua. You shall march around the city, all the men of war, going around the city once. Thus you shall do for six days. Seven priests shall bear seven trumpets of ram's horn before the ark. On the seventh day, you shall march around the city seven times, and the priests shall blow the trumpet. 
When they make a long blast with the ram's horn, when you hear the sound of the trumpet, then all the people shall shout with a great shout, and the wall of the city will fall down flat, and the people shall go up, everyone straight before him. You ever wondered about, like, what's the deal with all the sevens and the sevens and the sevens? So all through the Bible, you can see that there's, there's numbers represent different things in Scripture. You see these patterns, and you see how the Lord speaks through numbers. And, and, and interesting, number six is the number of man, but number seven is the number of God. It's a fascinating study. I, if you want to study deeper, I encourage you to, to kind of look and see how the patterns of numbers work in the Bible when God is, is speaking. And, and it's just, it's really a, a deep, we don't going to go there this morning. So, but number six was man, and number seven was, was God. So verse six, Joshua the son of Nun called the priests and said to them, take up the Ark of the Covenant, let seven priests bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the Lord. And he said to the people, go forward, march around the city, and the armed men pass on before the Ark of the Lord. And just as Joshua had commanded the people, the seven priests bearing the seven trumpets of ram's horns before the Lord went forward, blowing the trumpets with the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord following them. The armed men were walking before the priests who were blowing the trumpets, and the rear guard was walking after the ark while the trumpets blew continually. But Joshua commanded the people, You shall not shout or make your voice heard, neither shall any word go out of your mouth until the day I tell you to shout, and then you shall shout. Hey, wait a minute. Did, did Joshua just add something? Like, I don't, did God say keep your mouth shut until the end, or he just say shout at the end? I went back and looked, and I think Joshua was like adding a little bit of extra. You know, you know as a parent, when you're like, don't say a word. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I'm also thinking that they just spent 40 years in the desert complaining, and you probably just didn't want to hear them complaining anymore either. <laughs> just be quiet. <laughs> Could you imagine what that would be like on the Jericho side? You've heard the rumors that there are a people who got out of slavery in Egypt. That for decades, they spent in the desert waiting for their opportunity to come and invade your country and invade your land because they believe that their God told them to. That they're, now they're coming. And you see them, and they're coming, and there's an encampment of them in the distance. And, and could you imagine being the people in Jericho going, well, we have these great walls, we have these great warriors. Let's, let's, let's get the embattlements ready. Let's get the place set up. We're going to lock it down so tight, and we're going to keep an eye on them. And here they come one day. You know, doo -doo -doo -doo, there's little people playing, and they got their worship band going, and, and, uh, and, and they got the Ark of the Covenant, and, and all these people are walking, and it's nothing but silence, and, but a few horns playing. They come and walk, and they walk around your city, and then, and then they, they, they finish up, and then they just walk off again. What was that? Wouldn't that be weird? I just... So he caused, verse 11, so he caused the ark of the Lord to circle the city, going about it once, and they came into the camp and spent the night in the camp. I don't know if you noticed, at this point, he also hasn't told the Israelite people what the plan is. He just said, let's mount up, nobody says a word, here we go. They walked around the city once, and then they came back to camp. Well, that was a fun field trip. Verse 12, Joshua rose early in the morning, and the priests took up the ark of the Lord. And the seven priests, bearing the seven trumpets of the ram's horn, before the ark of the Lord went on, and they blew the trumpets continually, and the armed men were walking before them. And the rear guard was walking after the ark of the Lord, while the trumpets blew continually. And the second day they marched around the city once, and returned to the camp. So they did for six days. Now, if I'm a soldier... And I'm thinking, we're going to go conquer this city. 
I'm no battle plan strategist, but, but this doesn't seem like a great battle plan strategy. Okay, we're going to go conquer Jericho. We have a rock band, and we're not allowed to say anything. We're going to play some music and walk around the city and come back to camp. After six days, I wonder how much complaining there is going on. Are people like, man, Joshua's lost it. He's lost it. What does he think we're doing? They, like, I feel like an idiot. The Jericho people think we're idiots. Like, you know, they probably, like, I, I, it's like, man, we're ready to go fight, and all we're doing is walking. We're just walking. And on the seventh day, verse 15, the seventh day, they rose early at the dawn of day and marched around the city in the same manner seven times. It was only on that day that they marched around the city seven times. And at the seventh time, when the priests had blown the trumpets, Joshua said to the people, shout for the Lord has given you the city. And they did. And they shouted at the top of their lungs. And when they, they shouted and the trumpets blew a blast and, and everybody's, yeah, the walls came tumbling down. And they all rushed into the city and they conquered that city in a single day. In a single day. This right here is an interesting story to me for many reasons, but, but I want to look at a few this morning. And the first one is this, is that our perspective is obstructed. Our perspective is obstructed. We see things from our point of view while God sees things from his point of view. There are things that are standing in your way in life that we think are problems, but God is saying, no, that's the path to your promise. See, God speaks in past tense about the battle that you're currently fighting. See, I've already given you the victory. Jericho was on lockdown. It looked impossible. It looked impossible. Impossible situations, though, they're not intimidating to God. Impossible situations are the things that God likes to work with. He likes to work with unqualified people facing impossible situations. And he likes to, to work that way because then I can't claim glory or I can't claim credit and neither can you. Because when God knocks the wall down, we know it's not about our shout. Come on. We know it's not about our trumpet playing or how well the instrumentation we had. What we know is that it's the promise of God and all we did was obey. And we know that he gets all the credit. The sign that something is tightly shut up in your life it's not that you aren't going to get in it. Why, was there, why were the walls shut so tight? Because they were scared of the Israelites coming in. The promise that shut up so tight might be because the enemy is afraid of you getting a hold of this thing. There's a war in the spiritual realm that we are all battling. Like there is, a, there is another dimension to this world that is spiritual. And we've got to acknowledge that. That as we are going through life, there are spiritual battles that we're all facing. Jericho was on lockdown because they had heard of the Israelites. Some of the stuff you're scared of is really scared of you. What is God doing, speaking in past tense, about a battle that hasn't even happened yet? So what do you do when what you see isn't what God had said? God, you said that to do this, but now this is in conflict with that. But God, you said that this isn't what you promised. You, you said 
to take these steps, but, but now that I've taken these steps, like, everything's a wreck. You ever been in one of those situations where God told you to, to end a relationship that you thought was going okay, but, but now you're, you're out of that relationship and you're, God, my, my heart is broken, and, and but God, you told me, but I hurt so much. You ever been in a situation where, where God has, has told you to start a business, but now that business is taking over your life and you don't have a healthy work-life balance? God, you told me to start this thing, but, but now it's, it's robbing my joy. God, what's going on? God, God, you, have you ever been in a, in a place where he, he says, I want you to give this money to somebody, but now my bills are hurting because I, my, my finances are tight because I followed what you told me to do? Have you ever been in a situation where God gave you something to do and you had a promise attached to it and you took steps of faith and in the middle of it you're like, this isn't working out? Listen, that message is for you today. You're reading about joy, but you're still depressed. You're reading about the peace of God, but yet anxiety seems to be the mode of operation lately. You read about blessing, but your bills are breaking you down, but sometimes what God says doesn't look like what you see. See, the enemy loves to use your problems to block your perspective. Because if he can keep your perspective at, at a low level, and so you don't, you don't see things the way that God sees it, he knows he can get you discouraged and he can get you to quit. I've noticed something, though. These guys had a praise band going. They were blowing trumpets. If they had what we had, they'd probably be playing that, too. You ever notice that praise has the potential to change your perspective? When, when you start to praise God for everything that he's done, it starts to lift your spirit. Praise is the path to changing your perspective. See, the only sound that the Israelites were making were ram's horn and priests playing music. Jericho was a small city with tall walls. It was well defended. The way that they built it, if you look at all the old maps, if you have some of that stuff in the back of your Bible maybe, but you can also dive deep and, and you, can, you can see that the way that, that, the, that where the city was positioned, they believe the city was positioned, there were 12-foot dirt embankments before the walls even started. So in order for someone to even attack the wall, you'd have to go up a 12-foot embankment just to get to the base of the wall. They were so tall that it was just easy with a bow and arrow, you could just pick off anybody wanting to come and attack. It was small, but it was well fortified. They had tall walls. Sometimes in order to be victorious, you have to do something that looks ridiculous. And these guys are walking around this city playing music and, and everybody's in silence. If that doesn't look ridiculous, I don't know what does. My hope is that coming to church helps lift your perspective. Helps lift it. We come together and we sing so songs of praise together. We worship God together in a congregational setting. And in the midst of that, we bring honor and glory to God's name. But also what we do is we elevate our perspective. Because we're like, you know what? God can do it. He can do it again. He's done it before. He'll do it again. I read in the Bible, he set people free. I need some freedom. God, will you please just set me free? And we can sing the praises of God. And when we lift up his name, we start to find that our perspective changes. And we start to, it, it, it's a life-changing event. Jericho was this well-defended city. 
I want to tell you the enemy will erect walls in your life that will block you, but praise will lift your perspective to see into the promise on the other side of those walls. The second thing I notice is this, is that our progress isn't always obvious. I've been praying for this thing for years, and I haven't seen a breakthrough. <laughs> I've been praying for this person who's sick, and they didn't get healed. But God, I read in the Bible, and I pray, and they get healed instantly. You pray for Jeff, and it takes months. Sometimes we have to be persistent in the midst of the miracle we're looking for, right? Sometimes we have to be persistent. I don't know. I'm, I'm not God, but if I was God, I think I would have, like, tried to motivate him a little bit along the way. You know, like, they make a lap, a couple bricks fall off. Oh, <laughs> look, guys, it's working. <laughs> you know, like... Keep going. Oh, look, it worked. Then they have something to talk about. Well, let's see. We played some music and a few bricks fell off. Hey, I don't know. We can just do this for the next couple of years and we'll win. <laughs> if you want to keep me walking, I want to know that it's working. Right? I want to know that it's working. If you want to keep me walking, I want to know that it's working. Isn't this the way it feels in life, though, sometimes, right? You line up in March and nothing happens. You line up in March and nothing happens. You get up early and you pray. You get up early and you read your Bible and you pray. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then and, and you journal. Like, I'm doing it all. I'm reading my Bible, and I'm praying, and I'm journaling, and, I, and I'm and, and like, God, don't you see me making time to spend time with you? And, and I'm doing this thing, and, and, and it's like I'm day after day after day, and yet nothing has changed. Hmm. You're going to have to walk by faith and not by sight alone. There will be days that you will see miracles that happen in your life, but those miracles are things and so seeds that you have been sowing for years and years and years. Will you do God's will even when you don't think it's working? Because these guys walked around this thing, and at the end of the day, I imagine sitting at the camp, those soldiers are like, I want to go like stab a guy, and we're walking. Just the brutal reality of it. Nobody died today. It didn't seem like we fought. But when you do God's will, even if you don't think it's working, will you forgive that person? Like, even when they don't reciprocate it? Will you forgive that person even though they continue to hurl insults, continue to be angry and mad at you? Will you pray when it feels like God isn't listening? I tell you what, if every time I prayed, it instantly got answered, I would never stop praying. Right? Everywhere that I went, I'd be in the grocery store and somebody has crutches. Can I pray for you? <laughs> Can I pray for you? Can I pray? Can I pray? And if every time somebody was getting healed, every time that I prayed, I would be running around this town with a bullhorn like, I want to pray for you. And I would never stop, right? I would never stop. But how many times have we prayed for somebody and we don't see that miracle? Sometimes it happens, sometimes it doesn't. But can we still be doing what God's called us to do, even though we don't see what we want to see? Just because your faith isn't obvious doesn't mean it's not working. Take another lap. 
even when the progress isn't evident. I'm going to take another lap. I've forgiven this person and they're still angry with me. I'm going to take another lap. How many laps you got? I don't know. Neither did they. Joshua knew, but he never told them. How many laps are you going to do, Joshua? Not today. One more today. We're just doing one today. How, how many more days are we going to do this? We'll find out. One today. See, faith without works is dead, and works alone doesn't get it done either. It's this weird, awkward, taking steps of faith, even though you may or may not see what's happening around you. Progress is motivating. I, I just wish that more of it happened, didn't, don't you? Maybe God doesn't want you to know it's working because there's a deeper work that God wants to do in you. Maybe there's something deep inside that God's trying to adjust. And if you had progress, you wouldn't address that deeper issue. Less focused on the outcome and more focused on the obedience. See, outcome is God's responsibility. Obedience is yours. Will you be obedient to what God's calling you to do even when you don't see results? Even when it looks ridiculous? Even when the people on the top of the walls are probably laughing at them while they're walking around? Oh, is this how you guys fight a battle? <laughs> You're going to sing me to death? Sometimes the best strategy is just to shut up and march and just do what God has told you to do. God has to win the battle in you before he can win the battle for you. So many times if God gave you the promise before you were prepared, the promise would crush you. And in the marching process and in the obedience process, there's a breaking on the inside that God has to change some stuff in us so that we can handle the promise that he wants to give us. But we quit in the middle of it because we don't see what we want to see in the time that we want to see it. We get frustrated. We live in a microwave generation where we put something in a box, close the door, beep, 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 and it's hot and ready to go. What are you going to eat for dinner? I don't know. It's 5 o'clock at night. We're like, well, I don't know. We could eat this. We could eat that. I can pull out a thing in my phone and I can beep, 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 beep. And an hour later, someone shows up to my front door with food hot and ready to go. Why? And I can sit on the couch and watch the ba uh, football game today and order something and sit there and they bring it to me. I didn't have to work for that. I mean, I worked for the money to get to the, you know, but, right? We're so used to instantaneous, hit a button, on demand. I say when it happens and it happens. But that's not the way that God works, is it? No, see, what, way, the way that God works is you do what he tells you to do and he will take care of the outcome when he's ready for the outcome. Because God's ways are higher than our ways. And if I had everything that I wanted when I wanted it, it would break me. Could I want something different than what I have right now? But it will break you, but you don't know that. You can't see that. And God says, I want to take you through the pain of the path of the promise so that you can get to the place to where he can give it to you. And if you don't go through that pain and that, and that path, It'll crush you. 
but I want it now. I sound like a baby, don't I? I want it now. You can't handle it now. Take another lap. Joshua didn't tell him how long they had to do this. And wouldn't it be nice to know how many laps you had to go? You realize you might be on lap six right now and not even know it. You might be on lap six right now and not even know it. It'd be a shame to quit when you're this close, wouldn't it? It's right there, just out of reach. You don't even know. Don't quit now. You can't quit now. You can't quit now. You can't stop at six. You can't, you can't walk by sight. You've got to walk by faith. And if God says take another lap, then well, we're going to take another lap. But I don't see the progress that I want to see, but take another lap. But God, I just, I, can you throw a brick off the wall? Can you like... Can you give me a prophetic word? Can somebody at church come up and just like pray like a word of knowledge over me that like gives me hope for the future? And, and God's like, yeah, I want you to take another lap. I want you to take another step. You can't lock, let people talk you out of it. You can't give up because it doesn't feel good. You can't let your emotions control your future. You've got to let your faith dictate what you're going to have your follow through be. There's a promise that God has made you, and there is a problem in the way. How much longer? How much longer? How much longer do I have to go? I'm about to wave my white flag. What do you do when you've walked around something for so long? You've been praying for that prodigal child to come back to the Lord. You've been in a marriage that's been on the rocks for a long time and you've been praying, God, help heal my relationship. I keep walking around the same walls all the time. I'm single and I'm praying for a mate and a spouse. And yet here I am alone walking around these walls. It'd be a shame to stop on six. See, Hebrews chapter 10 says this, Do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. You need to preserve so that you have done the will of God and you will receive what he has promised. You don't have to like it to do it. You don't have to like it. God didn't say, well, if you like my commandments, then follow them. Why don't you just cherry pick the ones that I just, you know, feel good in the moment? I don't always like preaching. <gasps> Preacher, be honest. Right? There, there, are, there are some weeks I'm like fired up and I can't wait to be here. And I'm like hot and like ready to go. And I got a, I got a word in me that I know is there. And then there's some weeks I have to dig it out of the scripture. And it feels like a chore to put together a sermon. I don't feel it every week. You know, every morning when I get up to pray, I don't always feel it every day. But it's time to take another lap because there's a promise. This might be someone's seventh lap today. You might be halfway around. My message to you is this, is don't quit. Don't give up. The promise is around the corner. You don't know 
when your next promise, when it's there. You just got to act like every lap is your last lap. And one day, you'll be right. The band would come. We're going to wrap up with this one. And that's this. My third thing is this. His process is open-ended. I didn't think it would take this long. (laughs) I didn't think it would take this long. I didn't think it would hurt like this. How much longer do I have to do this? You see, God says this, if I let you in the city on day one, you would have thought it was your walk and your shout that did the job. God says, I need you to to have the faith to take another lap. Do you have the faith to take another lap? So we wave our white flag of surrender and we say, I've walked all that I can walk. I've done all that I can do. God, I have nothing left in me. Do I have to take another lap? You see, when we get to this place, sometimes God says, all right, now I can do something. Because you know it ain't you. you. You gave it your all. You walked all the laps that you wanted to walk. You played all the worship music you wanted to play. You, you, you've done everything that you know how to do. And now I know that you know that you didn't do it. Take another lap. <laughs> You're closer than you think you are. It's fun when you get a promise from God, though, isn't it? Lap one's fun. The first lap, you're like, oh, I'm excited. I got a promise from God. Yes, I do. This is going to be great. Walking, walking. Got to get your, your step on. Walking, lap one. Oh, man, that was great. That was great. All right, God, what's next? Take another lap. Take another lap. All right, all right. I can do that. All right. I can do that. Yep. Take another lap. I'm excited about my promise. I know he's spoken the promise over me. I'm just going to keep on going. Just keep on. My feet are getting a little sore. <clears throat> Didn't wear my walking shoes today. But, um, but yeah, we're good. We're good. We're good, right? Yeah. Okay, now what? Now what? Oh, walk. No, take another lap. All right. All right. We're going to go again. All right. We're going to go it again. All right, God. Yeah, God, you're good. I can remember. Do it again. Yep. Done this before. Yep. Okay. Yeah, we're good. Yeah, listen, the struggle's getting real, God. What are we doing here? Been doing this for a while. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what's that? Take another lap? Yeah, all right. <sighs> I can do another one. Not as much spring in my step this time, but but I'm going to do it. Take another lap. Another lap. Number five. I feel like an idiot. I've been praying for this miracle. I've been praying for this promise. I've been praying for this promise all of my life. My friends know I'm praying for this promise. My family knows I've been praying for this promise. I've been praying for the promise that God has spoken over me for, for years and years and years and years. And I feel like an idiot. I look like an idiot. And now my friends are even saying, well, maybe that wasn't real. Did you really hear that? No, I know that I heard it. God, now what? What's that? Take another lap. Okay. 
But God, are you really out there? Did I even hear you, right? Did you really speak the promise? Or am I just a crazy delusional person at this point? Lap seven. My strength is gone. Seventh lap, walking around. I finally get to the end. And if you can imagine this moment, will you stand with me? The Israelites are standing around this city now. The people of God are standing around the obstacle that's in front of them. And I don't know what your obstacle is. I don't know what your walls are. But we're standing here this morning. And I believe that God wants to bring a miracle and a breakthrough into your life right where you're at. And so this is what we got. God's people looking at their miracle. They've walked the laps. They've sung the praise. They've done everything God's asked. And in a moment, those walls came down. What'd they do? They started to shout. They started to shout at the walls. They started to declare that our God is good. Come on, church. Somebody can start to shout at the walls in their life. God, you have done good things in our life. You have done things that have, we know you're a good God. God, your promises are yes and amen. God, we declare the promises over our life, over these obstacles. We speak the promise that you have. Come on. service and, and, and there's they have words of knowledge they believe God's given that that um, that people here are, are going to receive a touch from God no matter what you need this morning they're going to be on either side of the stage before you leave you can get that in fact you can sleep out now if you wanted to and go receive prayer but I'll leave you with this there was this couple hiking in the Colorado mountains and um, and uh, they found these mushrooms and they were pretty excited about it they like mushrooms they know mushrooms these ones aren't poisonous they're delicacies and so they pick the mushrooms, they take them home, they call some friends over, they prepare a meal. And they're serving the mushroom dish and, and they're talking about how they found them and everybody's like, oh, that's really nice and excited. And at the end of the meal, they're hanging out and the cat's been begging for food all night. So they feed the mushroom thingy to the cat and they're hanging out and a few minutes later, the cat is laying on its side, foaming at the mouth. And they're like, oh my gosh, 
could the mushrooms have poisoned the cat? They freak out. They're like, oh no, what have we done? They instantly get in the car, go right to the emergency room. They tell the, the ER doc the story. The doc's like, yeah, we gotta pump your stomach. It's a rough night for the, for the whole crew. Pump and stomach in the hospital for observation. They all turned out okay. And as they're driving home, they're expecting to find a dead cat in the living room. And they come in and they don't find a dead cat. They find a mama cat and her litter of kittens. The pain of birth can be mistaken for the pain of death. Don't quit. Don't quit walking around your mountain. Don't quit walking around your walls. Don't quit. Don't give up on the promise. I'm telling you, you might be in lap six. You might be in lap six, and the pain might be something that you're not familiar with. But God might be birthing something in your life. I believe he's going to birth something in your life that is going to connect you to your, your destiny and the promise that he's spoken over you. Don't quit. Don't give up. Keep pushing through. You're responsible for the obedience. God's responsible for the outcome. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, we thank you. God, we thank you for the promises you've spoken over our life. God, we thank you for for all that you have done in each and every one of us. God, this morning as we leave this place, God, let us lean into you. God, continue to walk and continue to push and continue to take the steps of faith that you've called us to take. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen, amen, amen. The prayer team is going to keep praying and the band's going to kind of play a little bit. But um, God bless you guys. Have a wonderful week, and I can't wait to see you all uh, next Sunday. change to